0: Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoy the show that you're about to hear. If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button, and you'll continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player all throughout the year and beyond. Also, if you want to catch my takes on any films in the past, you can do so by going to my website. I do classic films as well as those in current release, and you can read them all at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. Today I'm going to be looking at Birth of a Nation. It's kind of a controversial film out there right now. It's a drama based on historical events. It's R-rated because of disturbing violent content and some brief nudity, and it runs two hours. The star is Nate Parker, along with supporting roles with Army Hammer, Penelope Ann Miller, Asia, Naomi King, Jackie Earl Haley, Ingenue Ellis, and many others. The director is the star, Nate Parker, who also writes the screenplay. Nate Parker's Birth of a Nation is based on real-life events that occurred in Virginia in 1831. There, a slave named Nat Turner would eventually lead a revolt against the white slave owners in that area. The film showcases how Nat was born into slavery on this cotton plantation owned by the Turner family. He ended up growing up picking cotton out in the fields, but he was somewhat unique among the slaves there because he could read. His chosen book to read was the Bible, and he eventually learned how to preach with the guidance of a relatively generous mistress of the house named Elizabeth, played by Penelope Ann Miller. Later in his life, his slave master, the hard-drinking but comparatively compassionate Samuel, played by Army Hammer, would shop him out to other locations in order to keep slaves compliant through some carefully chosen scriptures within the Bible. However... What Nat Turner witnesses in terms of gross violence and rape and torture against the slave population eventually leads to compelling him to take a stand against the suppression inflicted on people of African descent in the American South. He ends up calling upon his metaphorical brothers and sisters to cast their chains away, rise up in a violent confrontation to fight for their freedom. Now, Birth of a Nation as a film it plays like a cross between Mel Gibson's Braveheart and perhaps a black exploitation revenge flick although this is anchored by a terrific central performance by its co-writer director producer star Nate Parker Regardless of how one feels about the picture overall, it's certainly a provocative one to take in. It elicits a range of reactions stemming from either discomfort at witnessing such appalling acts against humanity perpetrated by American slave owners to downright horror at some of the most repulsive depictions of inhumane treatment contained within. Nate Parker deliberately titled his film to that of the infamous one done over a century ago by D.W. Griffith at the beginning of the long-form narrative cinema age. D.W. Griffith seemed to showcase the Ku Klux Klan and a positive light and ostensibly justified slavery. And Nate Parker used that title to offer his own counterpoint for those who might search for the film online and say, here's another take on this slavery situation in cinema With violence in many of today's headlines, particularly in terms of the police and the African-American communities that they patrol, Nate Parker's film offers a very horrific look at some of the bitter, blood-stained roots of these racial conflicts within American society that not even an elected African-American president in Barack Obama can signal the end to. Despite being a potent film in terms of the subject matter and having a handful of powerful scenes, Nate Parker's movie is also... Too uneven to wholeheartedly recommend as something that should get a Best Picture nomination, if not Best Picture award itself, despite some attempts at character development, which, with the exception of Nat Turner, end up being one-note caricatures, and building a case for Nat Turner's righteous anger turning toward murder, there's a curious lack of emotional impact at witnessing much of what we see take place throughout. Possibly because we are persistently being reminded that we're watching a very stylized movie instead of seeing these characters and their situations as real, even if it's based on true events. You know, in one respect, the persistent use of Jackie Earl Haley as this fictionalized main heavy throughout the life of Nate Parker. Jackie Earl Haley plays this man who cannot resist maiming or murdering runaway slaves, including Nat's father, This shreds some of the film's credibility by having very heavy-handed use of narrative device here of having a main nemesis. And the authenticity is in question in a piece like this that would lend it much more powerful than in having obvious embellishments in order to set up traditional narrative arcs. There's even a romance that's set up within the film as Nat Turner spies and persuades Samuel to purchase the lovely cherry at a slave auction. Again, evoking memories of Braveheart. As part of this spark that eventually turns Nat Turner toward a violent confrontation against those who perpetrate sins against him and his brethren, the film also bookends the story with mystical flashbacks to Nat's youth in Africa offering up the notion that Nat is somehow on the path of spiritual destiny to be chosen leader by God for his people— Budgetary limitations also result in the film feeling less than epic. The on-screen revolution stays relatively short in duration, though in reality the uprising was, I guess, indeed short. It only went on for roughly 48 hours. Although the violence in the climax is not the main thrust of the film, I do think that some viewers will no doubt be disturbed by not only its graphicness, but also that Parker is painting the acts of butchery during the course of the revolt as heroic, or as Nat Turner saw it at the time, the will of God. It's a bit of an eye for an eye in using weapons in this revolt that were used as oppression against them, including their Bible, as slavers cherry-picked Bible verses in order to justify their morally abhorrent actions, while Nat Turner would use other passages within the Bible to stoke the righteous indignation among the enslaved. Certainly there isn't much sympathy for slave owners, but it is nevertheless disturbing to see them slaughtered in such a Vicious and bloody fashion, especially that the slaves in a reality not depicted by Parker did not discriminate against killing women or young children, including infants. So it is disturbing regardless of how one might feel about them getting just desserts. Then again, these acts are much easier to justify than the D.W. Griffith attribution of hero status to the KKK. So personally, I will take Parker's troubling depiction of fighting systemic rape and murder in his spiritual rebuttal over the morally abhorrent one that justifies the system found in the 1915 film of the same name. Now, some critics have derided Birth of a Nation for fudging historical accuracy. We start with the interpretive opening scene that shows Nat Turner as a peaceful and spiritual young boy in Africa. This is a dream sequence. He was actually born into slavery in Southampton, Virginia, never set foot in Africa and he did not have firsthand knowledge of the land of his ancestry. There are events that also occur within the film that there's no evidence happened to Nat Turner directly or those that he had been surrounded by, though they may have happened to other people at other times in the course of slavery within America. Some of that stuff gets incorporated into the Nat Turner story. There's also the issue of the love story. You know, It doesn't really have a lot of passing historical context. Given what happens in Cherry's arc, that's shown in the film as providing that spark that led to a proposed revolution. Some viewers may feel misplaced emotions for Nat Turner's motivations that might not have otherwise been there if we were telling the story straightforward and only based on fact. The end of the film is also quite different than reality. It changes Nat's ultimate fate as a voluntary act of self-sacrifice to try to save people when in fact he was captured in hiding. In Nate Parker's defense... He has admitted that he was striving for a higher truth in embellishing the Nat Turner story. He states this is fiction based on fact, and certainly these modifications are in keeping with most of the Hollywood versions of real-life events, which are regularly altered for dramatic license. It should be noted that I always treat films as fictional, regardless of whether they are indeed based on historical fact, because I ultimately base the films, in terms of my judgment on them, on whether they work as a film, whether they are good storytelling or not. Although I do talk about whether the film is actually a realistic depiction of historical events, ultimately, I am judging Birth of a Nation as a film on its own merits. So take that into account when I give my ultimate judgment here. Now, while the buzz out of Sundance, particularly in the wake of the Oscar So White controversy, had many critics proclaiming, This film, a lock for Best Picture nomination, and its lead actor, there has been subsequent controversy surrounding Nate Parker's past attachment to this rape allegation and his subsequent mishandling of it in the media. That's unfortunately tainted Nate Parker's reputation in the eyes of many potential Academy voters. That's a shame because his turn as Nat Turner is unquestionably Nate Parker's best work as an actor today. And it's certainly worthy of a strong look come nomination time. It would be a shame for him to be passed over. Although I think that would leave a bad taste in many people's mouths. Especially since a lot of the film actually has rape depictions within it. They may feel that this is hitting a little bit too close to home for them to give him an award or even a nomination. When he hasn't really settled the issue in the minds of many. Now as for the film... I don't think it's quite worthy of a Best Picture or even a nomination personally, but that hasn't stopped Oscars from handing out nods before to films that are far worse than Birth of a Nation, so perhaps it has a chance. Regardless of what I feel is its hidden and miss nature, I do think that Birth of a Nation is a passion project that is certainly delivered with passion, which in this year of so many cash-grab adaptations, these remakes, these reboots, these reimaginings, and other wholly rehashed projects, at least... It separates from this growing trend toward placating the masses around the world with films that really have no meaning and don't really merit discussion beyond just fanboy fervor. And if this does nothing more than spark continued discussion on America's troubling past and the desire among many to ignore race as a central problem even to this day, as well as its use of religion to justify abhorrent means among many, then I do think that Birth of a Nation secures its place as an important movie in 2016, even if Ultimately, I don't deem it as one of the best. I'm going to give Birth of a Nation three stars out of four. Three stars out of four on my scale means that I do think that it is a worthwhile film that is worth checking out if this is subject matter that appeals to you. If you're interested in the subject of race, if you are interested in hearing about what all the controversy is about and wanting to see it firsthand, I do think that Birth of a Nation is worth going to the theater to see, if for nothing else. It's actually a very potent drama While it is uneven in spots, I do think that when there is a powerful moment, it is very powerful. Ultimately, enough of those scenes are contained within to make it a worthwhile experience for those people who are interested in hearing an alternate take on the story of slavery within America. So three stars out of four for Nate Parker's Birth of a Nation. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed the review. If you do, I do encourage you to go to my website and check out many other of my reviews. Quipster.net is where to go. You can also find my contact information there, as well as links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. That's Quipster.net, dot net.